I asked on Twitter, I said, what's sucky about Charlottesville? Tell us what was on. Tell us what was on the list, Jim. Yeah, it was on the list. Yes. Air travel, air travel, lack of air travel, which has actually gotten a whole lot better in the last few years. Um, traffic in Charlottesville, cost of living, but balanced by people who said it's not that expensive when you compare it to other places in the country. It really isn't, especially um, when you compare it to other similar cities. New York, you know, San, San Francisco is a it, is a different beast, but New York, Seattle, Portland. I mean, it's we're. Chicago, by those standards, we're not that expensive. Did anybody have parking on their on their uh, lack of bike trails? Bike commuting is not as good as it should have been. Um, I think Jim just put that on there himself. He's just reading his. I'm answers. reading my <laughs> tweets to to counteract the ten thousand different people being like tweets. bikers on the roads. Yeah, <laughs> is it tweets from your Kevin Durant style <laughs> burner? Two people. <laughs> Or the, the Colangelo, let me talk about my own team, Burner. I didn't bring that with me tonight. Uh, it's at the house. <laughs> uh, home and construction prices. Um, Someone's saying they feel stuck where they are with rising cost of, uh, of, of ownership. High cost of living and construction. Uh, let's see. Finding rock-solid infant daycare or even part-time daycare. Oh, part-time, part-time daycare is virtually impossible to find every year in crozet that you know i already got a message two weeks ago saying that people can't find aftercare for the fall for public schools like filled up in like a minute and a half at crozet it's uh so it, that's a you know a bit of a nightmare so yeah you know i, I think that it, it and i was talking to my wife and she said that the the small townness is a negative sometimes the client I mean, it, in relation to a client of mine said years ago she called it the charlottesville look back you're at, you know, Greenberries or Mudhouse, and, you know, I'm talking to Dave about Bart, and I turn around, I'm like, oh, never mind. There's Bart right behind me. You know, it's, we're a small town, and invariably, if you're in a coffee shop, you know at least one person or at least one friend of a friend is in that coffee shop or bar or restaurant or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's a positive and a negative. Uh, and it's, I don't know, it's a, it's a great place to be, but I think that the things that, I try to tell my clients, or traffic sucks. I don't care what where you're coming from, but you go 20 on North on you know, Friday at 3.30 in the afternoon, don't. I, yeah. Just make make a decision to, to go to Amazon.com. and I still feel like an asshole complaining about traffic. My, both, both my sister and my wife's sister live in the Northern Virginia area, and I feel like a big asshole when I complain about traffic. Well, you know, they should move here. Or it's better yet, relative. Not. It's all relative. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's all relative. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I think the people come here and they say, "Well, I'm, I'm good with doing an hour and a half now. I want to do under an hour." I'm like, great, you good, Richmond. Yeah, you know, people move here and they the the threshold becomes 25 minutes of you know at that point they don't want to do they don't want they don't want to go to that place whatever that is. 25 30 minutes is you know work 30 minutes pleasure 22 25 minutes. So people recognize that things shift when they get here. And traffic is, you know, I had a client years ago that I wrote a similar story. I said, and I said on Facebook when I was still there, I said, what sucks about Charlottesville? And he said, having just moved from Northern Virginia, he said, if you say traffic, I'm going to find you and smack you. <laughs> That's fair. You know, and I'm also curious now, you know, he's, uh, he lives up 29 North, works downtown. 
I, you know, I, in the God, seven years, I wonder how, you know, how, how his commute has shifted. Yeah. And, and how the perspective has shifted. Um, they're doing up 29. They're doing some things though to, to help that. I mean, they've widened 29. You've got alternate, alternate routes to be able to get from place to place. You've got a bike lane from Forest Lakes and, you know, all the way to downtown Charlottesville, which is if you choose to do that, you can certainly do that right. fairly easily. But yeah, I mean, I think it, it's, you know, traffic sucks. It just does. And I think it's why you see more people are localizing where they, where they choose to live. It's also very, it's unpredictable. Like that's part of my issue with it is that like, you never know when like the city of Charlottesville is just going to bog down all at once. Like today during this rain, we were like downtown and we were trying to meet my wife and I were trying to meet to eat somewhere. And like, I called her after like five minutes. I was like, are you any closer to like where we're going? And she said, no, I'm definitely not. <laughs> I was like, neither am I, neither am I. I'm going I, this. I, I somehow got further. Away. I've somehow regressed because I tried a different route. Yeah. I mean, like it just, that's the thing is like, you just don't know. And that was like at four. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of weird to me that it like all bogged down at four, but it was, I mean, the rain was a big factor and everything, but you just don't know. There's other times where like, you'll just zip through and it would have been no problem. The days when I hit, Every single light from Barracks Road to the airport, and then oh, every light's green. Yeah. Oh, it's glorious. It happens twice a year. It's the you know it, it feels like the best day of the year. It's like Christmas and Halloween all, all wrapped Especially up. Especially when you watch it go like you're you know maybe two three hundred meters out and you see yeah. it like turn from red to green and there's all those cars stopped in front of you just like pop right on. Oh, it's, it's a beautiful thing. That's a, that's a good feeling. Yeah, but I, I think it's it's you know, traffic is it's an issue that people need to be aware of, and it just. It's life, life in Charlottesville, which is the same as anywhere. But learning those patterns is is critical. What what else did we? What else did people? Have? Uh, I'm surprised people didn't have parking on the list. No parking. That is one of my major pet peeves. Belmont Bridge. Where is parking hard for you? Literally everywhere downtown, and every single time that there is parking, they put a building up on top of the parking lot. Like during the day, you mean? No, like legit. My like, we'll get into like our individual things, but. Affordable housing is one of my biggest mm-hmm. issues with with Charlottesville, and along with that, for me, goes with parking. That the people who would be most benefited by affordable housing also have issues with when they try to go downtown for for work. They don't have where anywhere to park, and if they do find somewhere to park, they have to go move their car every two hours. And a lot of time, most jobs aren't going to let you out the door for twenty minutes every two hours to go circle the block looking for a new parking spot. And when they started putting the meters up in areas that used to be yeah. like free parking, I mean, they got taken down because of the absolute pushback off of that. So, uh, you know, I, I still have mixed, a huge issue in Charlottesville. I, I, I still have mixed feelings about the parking meters. I mean, I think that one, there's too much parking in some aspects because I think you want to encourage people to, to ride bikes and walk and have a denser urban environment. And then I think it's also they didn't give it enough time. You know, it, and it's hard to have a 18 month period when you've got, you know, you have people so so much pushback, and then in four months you have to take them down. Um, but also, I think the the parking structures that they have, you know, the, the city just contracted, or they're going to tear down Guad, and they're going to put up a yeah, I heard that. You know, yeah. they're putting put up a parking structure at uh, Guadalajara and Lucky Lucky Seven, I think. Yep. Yep. Um, I mean, there, there's 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 parking, but it kind of sucks. I mean, you have, you have my to next wa- pe- my my next pet peeve is tearing down quads. Well, there's that. 
Don't you know, be tearing down quads. But this you know, is the serious issue of our time. That's why we're here. Is because Guadalajara is going to go away. Okay. Uh, but you know, but getting out of the parking structure on was that Market or Water Street? You know, that can take an hour. Yeah. If I know that I'm gonna, it's going to take me an hour to get out of the parking garage, I'm not going. And so whatever that mo- is. Almost every business on the mall also will yeah. validate parking for those garages right. too. So, but one of the beauties of yes, Charlottesville, but. I, no, but one of the beauties of Charlottesville, I can go to a concert when a you know on a Friday night and get home at you know a reasonable hour. You know, get out of the pavilion downtown at you know eleven fifteen because I'm an old man and I'm home by eleven forty five. Kind of a nice right. thing, right? But. I, I think that's like a good point, though. Like we've talked a lot uh, already in just a few episodes, it, you know, whatever installments or whatever of this we're calling. But like we've talked a number of times about like that you like the policies and the the conditions you set help you determine what kind of city you want. And like if what we wanted was like everybody being able to like, I mean, if you make parking like easier and turn the whole thing into like Tyson's Corner, like. I don't know. Like to me, like that feels like trouble too. Like, I mean, I I don't know. I don't probably get downtown enough as the father of three uh, under 10. I I probably, yeah, I don't like hit the downtown scene very often. However, (laughs) like when I have, like it's never really been, there's a couple of spots that like I know. And like for the last 10 years, I've been able to reliably park in pretty easily without any kind of real I feel like problem. We've all got like a little secret hiding. I'm not sure. well, and I want to be very clear. I will not be revealing any of those on this podcast. <laughs> oh, no, There's no, no, not no, a no, chance. No, no, I'm not no. doing that. Like I don't even care. Like we could have three listeners and it could ruin some of these things. Also, like it would matter. Two of matter. my spots are questionable both legally and ethically, but that's fine. Well, that is like, I want to be clear that but that is work. Dave saying that, <laughs> not Bart. That's fine. I'm not going down for you. But I think if you want if you want to have a sea of parking, I mean that that's a different urban style. I mean if you have you know four thousand parking, well, um, Wegmans, yeah, that's a a sea of parking with some awesome stuff. But I mean it's nothing but parking, right? Uh, It could because people have to drive there. The downtown city of Charlottesville, you know, the downtown mall, the midtown, the university. I mean that's all. Theoretically, walking and biking. And I don't think there's and there's certain stuff that like I wouldn't have found if like I wasn't forced to park like in a weird spot. Like honestly, like I mean, I've walked by things that I've been like, oh crap! Like I really like that. Like the flat is like a, a pretty good example of that. I yeah. would think like yeah. that is not a uh, business that I would have found generally unless I had been like forced to walk past there because I had to park a ways away. Like I, I mean. Uh, that's probably as going to make me sound like old school, like, Oh, we should maybe all just slow down a little bit and walk from the parking spots. But like, realistically, like if that's like part of what we love about Charlottesville is that like, Hey, like you gotta, it's, it's kind of a windy place. It's mm-hmm. kind of, it kind of takes a little you while have to, to do stuff. Nuts and, you have to go through the next yeah. You gotta to find stuff. stuff. Yeah. yeah. And like, I, cause I mean, flat's pretty dope though. Right. So sweet. <laughs> Dude, crepes are awesome. So I do a lot of work at the Jefferson Theater, and <laughs> I will forever remember, like for the rest of my life, that smell of those crepes wafting in the backstage oh, so of the Jefferson Theater. And so you'd be good. a fool if, like, every single every single time I work at a show there, I'm just like, I'm not eating a crepe. I'm not eating a crepe. I'm not eating a crepe. <laughs> and like 45 minutes, I was like, I'm gonna go get me one of those. 
those savory crepes. I, I felt like that it was a lock on this podcast that I would always say the fattest thing during a podcast. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. But the, like, the goat, I want to go ahead and give it to you, Dave. No, like, we're only halfway the, through this thing, but that's the fattest thing that's going to be said. They have vegetables. There's ve- there are some vegetables in with the butter and the crepes. And I didn't me- get that vegetable. You know. I don't mess with that bullshit. I go. I'm like, if, we're, if, we're, if we're craping, we're going for goat cheese and sausage is what we're after. <laughs> sausage is one of the four group food groups, I think. You know. Yeah, man, you gotta get your nitrates. Two of the other four are also sausage. There you go. So it's fine by me. Tubed and bulk. <laughs> yeah, right, ground and patty tube <laughs> bulk. <laughs> <laughs> three food groups you can you can cook you can cook some like beans up in some like bacon fat and i'll that'll, that'll be food group number four that's fine delightful you mentioned air travel like yeah. how, how you and you mentioned that it's improved how's air travel kind of improved? i'm i haven't flown i'm gonna be honest i haven't flown in like it's been like 10 years I, so time. I, I haven't flown at all well dave you can weigh in on this but air, tra- air travel in charlottesville has improved a thousand percent in the past five years. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that my my clients who who you know I, I travel about as much as you do out of Charlottesville. Um, when I used to travel, it was hit or miss ten years ago because you would I, I was doing a lot of work in Chicago and I would get go to O'Hare and then I'd my, I'd miss the five o'clock flight to Charlottesville and I was in O'Hare for another day. But now you go to you know you make these trips and and it's a lot more reliable. They've extended the runway now. Yep. They have they can take bigger flights in and out. Bigger flights. They have real food in the in the in the airport. The bigger flights is largely because of UVA too. By the way, mm-hmm. like their sports teams have to fly out. They have to take the, They have to take bigger planes, and, which means they had to extend the airport. And the private air travel. There's a lot. Of, there are a lot of private planes there. But it, it the the options are greater. The reliability is greater. You can have you can flights are able to take off and land in in the hot humid weather now a lot more than they used to be. My only beef with Charlottesville travel out of the flights is that like we are absolutely flying to another hub first, mm-hmm. which means our flights are typically somewhere between 5.30 and 6.30 a.m., which means when you need to catch that morning flight, you got like about a 4 a.m. wake-up call. Yeah, but That's you can, terrible, but, but... But if you have a 6 a.m. flight, you can get there like 5.30, 5.40, and you're good. The thing I tell people all the time, I can go from parking my car to sitting on the tarmac in about 20 minutes. Yeah. It's beautiful. And when you get home at 830 at night, you can get off the plane at 830 and you're out the door by 905. And that's if you check baggage. Yep. Um, and then I had one years ago, we came back somewhere at 2 a.m., you know, 1 o'clock in the morning. We get there and somehow a light had been left on in my car. 1.30 in the morning, security guy comes by and jumps our car at 1.30 in the morning. That's great. You know, which, you know, there are little things about the airport that make it a nice community thing. Um, but it's, you know, I have clients who want to live within 20 minutes of the airport. Yeah. Cause it, it's just that good. So, I mean, I, I think air travel is, it's all relative better than it was 10 years ago. Not as good as it will be in 15, in 15 years, but it's, it's always getting better. And you're two hour, you know, 90 minutes to Richmond. And I, I fly a lot for work and dealing with airports is the worst. Mm-hmm. And so when you're dealing with something so profoundly shitty, to have a small, tiny airport that is, I mean, you can just park your car and walk to, the, walk to it. Like, it's as close to, like, our airport provides as close to, like, train travel for, for flights yeah. as possible. And that is amazing. So, yeah. It, it, it could be Dulles, and that would be 
the bane of my existence. Oh, yeah, but Dulles or National? Oh, I'll take Reagan 10 times out of 10. Really? Oh, this yes. is going to get real insider baseball I right here. Don't know about that. We don't need that. All of the time. All of the time. It's easier to get to Dulles. Sometimes. It's easier to get to Dulles. It's way bigger pain in the ass to get through Dulles. True. It is very easy to get through Reagan. I don't mind the travel in, I don't mind the travel into either one of them. It's the once I've parked my car and get me to the tarmac is my judgment for an airport. And it, getting out of Charlottesville, I will take that every day of the week. It's, it's the whole getting back on time, which has always been the the wavering part of my, my, my evaluation of if I take a nine o'clock flight, will I get back to Charlottesville? I guess it depends on the barometer. If, Maybe. If, 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 if your barometer is the travel from my house to the airport where, and then my, and yeah. from the airport back to my home, my barometer is how is my travel once I park my car through the airport? My barometer is there. based in large part on the, the, the smoky hotel I stayed in in Cincinnati years ago <laughs> because I didn't make it out of that airport into Charlottesville because the one flight in Charlottesville didn't make it. And Philly then, is the worst for that. Uh, I've done that too. I had to fly back one point where the this was when I'm going to bring this back to Boston sports and Bart's going to just want to jump off a bridge right now. Boo. Um, <laughs> when the Philly Eagles were on their run with Donovan McNabb and Terrell Owens to go play the Patriots in the Super Bowl, that NFC Championship game, I was flying home. I was flying back to Charlottesville from my home in New England, and I had to connect through Philadelphia, and every single flight got canceled. Because literally there was no one working in the airport because the Eagles game was on and every single airport worker was at the it was at the airport bar watching the game. And I had to spend an overnight in Philly because awesome. (laughs) Throw snowballs at Santa Claus and and shut down airports. And I'm not even a little bit bitter of this last Super Bowl, am I? No. They they have their priorities straight though. So, you know, yeah, man. Gosh, the Philly airport's the worst. My biggest concern is 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 the affordable living, and my, and and I'll go. uh, My the reason I'm concerned about it is using Austin, Texas, as a template. Austin is a much bigger city than Charlottesville is, but as far as like culture and lifestyle, and college town mixed with city culture, is. There's a big issue in in Austin that's been happening for the past seven to ten years now where people thought Austin was cool, so everyone started moving to Austin. Mm -hmm. And then housing prices skyrocketed, and it started pushing out all of the artists and musicians that were making Austin cool, Mm -hmm. which is why you have all the bumper stickers of Keep Austin Weird. And it started pushing them all out of the city. So for all of the reasons that people wanted to go to Austin in the first place are now being essentially eliminated because of the cost of housing. And I'm legitimately concerned about that happening for Charlottesville because while Charlottesville has such a vibrant arts and music culture, and I am admittedly biased on this, we are not nearly the size of Austin in all of these things. And so therefore, I'm a little bit concerned about us being able to support this the way Austin has at least been able to continue to support it. I'm really worried about Charlottesville supporting it. I think the way that it's different though is that like 
if you get forced out of like living around South Congress in Austin, uh, then you're a long way from whatever that art scene is. Like you need to live close to it because it takes a long time to get to places because Austin has some of the same road building issues mm-hmm. that Charlottesville has. So like if you get like wedged out and like South Congress, like I, like, I don't think it's the last 10 years. Like when we were looking to buy a house near South Congress, when we lived out in Texas, it was like already a lot of houses that were like two bedroom to three bedroom bungalows were going like, I don't know if bungalows are an actual term. But I threw it in there because we're going to go for it. Yeah, I heard it, it. works. It yeah. sounds hip, but like it was, those were like already 400 grand. Yeah. Like it, you like you already 10 years ago, like 2007, you already could not live in like the South Congress or South Lamar area without like just living in an apartment. Right. Like you could not buy a house, like all the like sort of funky, like multicolored, like houses. Like they were already, that was already happening. And like, maybe I came in like on the back end of that wave and maybe you're talking more like early 2000s late nineties, whatever. But like the issue that Austin has really is that like, if you're a long, like if you are not right there around that, then you're a long way away. Whereas like in Charlottesville, like you're not that far. Like, even if you can't afford to live in Belmont or you can't afford to live in, you know, and like, and that like, I guess realistically is like the South Congress type neighborhood sure, yeah. of, of Charlottesville. Like, even if you can't live in Belmont, like, you can live pretty close to Belmont and you're still pretty close to that scene. Like right. you're pretty close to whatever it is that you want to get to. Right. I mean, the downtown mall, it's not like there's like tons of inventory around the downtown mall as is mm-hmm. and hasn't been for like a long time. Like Belmont's opening up, like changed. And people that. still get managed to get there for sure. Yeah. I think that's like, that's my thing is that like uh, Austin doesn't have the, like, we just talked about a lack of car accessibility, but relative to Austin, we have incredible car accessibility. Oh yeah. And so like, if you can't like, it's tough to get to wherever you want to go in Austin or it was at least 10 years ago, it was tough to get wherever you want to go uh, without kind of going around your elbow to, to do it. And so I think that like Charlottesville had, does have the advantage that like we will, like, even in 20 years, like Charlottesville can't get, but so big. Ah, Jim just made a face, yeah, by I the mean, way. I was going to say famous last words on that one. Yeah, I, th- I think with the vertical growth that we're seeing right now, I think yeah. we're, we're going to see far more far more vertical growth of apartments and, and housing. I think we're also seeing a lot more you know, tourist traffic. You know, with the number of hotels that are coming in downtown Charlottesville, you're going to have a lot more vehicular traffic coming for at yep. least one type. But then with Uber and Lyft and, you know, the so one of the, the old – like an old man, the old Red Roof Inn or Howard Johnson's on, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. you know, at, yeah. whatever that is, it's really hip and cool now. But they have the 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 hotel bikes, so you have you have accessibility once you get to Charlottesville. And and I and I get that, but I mean, we're, to a degree, I mean, like we're just, like we're just bringing up all the logistical issues, and I really am talking more about an actual cultural issue that we're dealing with, because I really do want to emphasize like how very like fragile these things are to build a art scene or a mm-hmm. music scene it takes a lot of time and i'll use um the ante room which is where uh the main street arena is is was right and that's going to go away and it's going to become an incubator for technology and for arts and entertainment and all those kind of things and i think that is great too but 
the Annie Room was around for five years, and it just kind of got its traction going by the time that they were being forced to close down because of this development that was happening. And it takes a long time. It takes a really long time to build a scene and a culture that Austin has benefited from and Charlottesville has benefited from. And it takes very little effort to make that go away. And I'm not saying that we're in that place yet. I'm not even saying that saying that like Austin is like really in a troublesome spot because right. they're certainly not. But I think Austin is also a cautionary tale for Charlottesville to be like, hey, they've got problems there and we need to kind of be a little attentive to that ourselves because a main attraction to our city is our arts and music culture. It's just a fact. And if we are not careful about like making who's, sure that we're preserving that, that, that kind of culture who, on stuff, that, who's we? The community. I really mean, I mean, I mean, I could get into like a real inside baseball stuff about yeah. my other business and rockfish music, but I mean, you know, you've got musicians and bands, you've got the people who are, either you know making the music with those artists or providing venues or places for those artists to come and play the other the other very significant part of that is the community that partakes in that from a audience standpoint and it is not a passive thing it is a very active thing my second rant is going to get into about how can you should you, behave at a venue but can you preserve like i would question like can you preserve like can you like yeah there are steps that you could take i'm sure to like maintain and protect an arts culture or but like in the end like a lot of those things like die and move other places or like opportunity create or, or like and the opportunity room is doing that too the place. Annie room has moved into the x like that like jay on falsini who who runs the Annie room at magnus music and he's, he's a he's a friend of mine he's moving that into the x art park and i think sure. that's a great place to relocate that but the thing is is it still takes a tremendous amount of time and work and effort and like everybody knows that like if you're looking for like if you're like out there you're like hey man I could really stand to go to a cool hip hop show let me ask 34 year old white dad Bart Isley <laughs> father of three like he's the guy that we're gonna go to yeah but I mean like realistically like I think those it's just like how like if you had told me back in college that like oh you know Kreitzer Shop Road. Yo, it's gonna get bonkers. There's gonna be breweries. There's gonna be cideries. There's gonna be all kinds of stuff that's just awesome. I would have been like, no, nah, that's ridiculous. Like one time I got lost and went that way. <laughs> I mean, like stuff, like stuff happens. Like stuff, like opportunity, like and cheap, like cheap land or cheap whatever, like can create these kind of opportunities. But like realistically like that stuff is going to like we're going to go through phases of like gentrification and we're going to go through those things and like i don't know how much we can realistically do to try and control that and like make a planned community because like in the end like it, the x art park is happening on a piece of land that is worth a ton of money uh, you know yeah but you know i, I think it's also the city the city have recognized that that land is the highest and best use of that land is as a development site right you know, so eventually the Kootners are going to have to sell that and, you know, it's going to be condos, which will suck oh, for the culture of Charlottesville. I didn't we'll put be, enough bourbon in my glass. Yeah, it will be great sentence. for, you know, for the tax revenues of the city of Charlottesville. But the tax revenues. Yo, man, when I'm looking at a new place to live, the first thing that I think of is like, yo, how high are those tax revenues? <laughs>
Definitely not considering how cool is the XR Park culture. No, I don't want to be a part of that. I'm trying to figure out how much money are they making poor domicile. Let's do this. I also realized from an editing standpoint, my suggestion of we're going to put like cool little car horns over all the curse words. It's basically going to be only my audio file that's going to get those car horns, right? Every single time Jim Jim mentions like, oh, yeah, that cool hit place is going to get gentrified and built into a and then it's just continued F-bombs from Dave Stipe. So you, you mentioned some of the ones that you found on Twitter, but like, what are some things that are very personal to Jim Duncan that you feel like yeah. are a uh, a problem, a drawback, a, a, a deficiency? It's hard. Get that, get that thesaurus out. Um, Merriam-Webster are... Have you do you follow them on Twitter? It is the greatest Twitter follow Twitter you could account. possibly have because it trolls so oh, hard and so subtly. It's oh, amazing. God, the canceled canceled the other day with Roseanne. That was the greatest. Oh God, <laughs> they all need raises. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I think the things that that I that I identify with people in you know who are considering moving to the city or the county, and the ones who are living here and, and who are moving within the area is looking at traffic. It's, it's the growth that we're, we are undertaking. You know, the, the school growth, the traffic growth of not having public transit, not having bike lanes, not, have, not having connected by connectivity between the city and the county. I mean, you have a bike lane you know, from the city to the county line and it's, it stops or the county line to the city and it stops. So you don't have that connectivity between. So I, I think there's not enough holistic looking at, you know, in recognition of the fact that the, you know, county people work in the city and vice versa. Yeah. I think that's probably one of my, my biggest things. Um, and also recognizing that the, we're seeing significant population growth and we're not, we're not accommodating that. I think, I think that, that those are the, the main things that I, that I point out as things about which I want people to be aware. That and, God, you know, not good at selling the area and that in, in understanding that I'd like to, de- <laughs> I'd like to, you know, but you you're know, very good at selling the area. No, Jeff. But, but you know, but if you don't own that piece of land across the street from you, it's going to be, you know, I, I tell all my clients, if you don't own that, it's going to be a Walmart and condos. Yeah. You know, because if you know that, that stuff, we are a growing area and people are moving to the Charlottesville, Crozet, Albemarle area and everything is changing. And so the, the Charlottesville, when I was a kid as, as everywhere in the, in, in the world, America, you know, England, whatever, is different today than it was when I was a kid. And so acknowledging that you move into, you drive down down Crozet today, it's an awesome place to be. Right. It's going to be very cool in 10 years. It's going to be different. And so I think that's, you know, it's, you know, change happens. So I think that's trying to educate people that change happens. And, and get change it. is good, but change also has to be responsible. I mean that's that's just always my my thing. Change has to be responsible. Well, Bart I don't think it, no I don't think it, Bart shaking his head. I don't think it's relevant whether it's responsible it is responsible or not for this conversation because it's going to happen. Just getting people to accept that that is going to happen is a huge part yeah, of what like, I do. We can't be like, and we have to be like I have to be honest at least. Like I am a Charlottesville. Like I'm a transplant to Charlottesville. Mm-hmm. Like Same. you can't be the guy like. I think like it's really easy to become the person that like you get in and then you want to shut the door behind you. But like if you become the person that like, like that to me becomes a real problem. Like 
Yeah, Charlottesville is going to be different. Charlottesville is going to be like in 30 years, Charlottesville is going to be twice or three times or whatever the size that's going to be. But like, it's going to be different. It's going to change. And that's okay. Like, I mean, that's just what happens. Like, that's just like how things go. Like, change can be like very good. And like, Charlottesville to me, like, looks like it's on a trajectory for like change to always be positive and like things to sort of be like be good. But change can also be bad. Like, I, I grew up in a town of 7,500 people that, one business pulled out and 3000 people were gone overnight. Right, right. Like, I mean, like change can be like catastrophic. Like Charlottesville didn't to me, like, you know, unless like UVA shuts down, <laughs> like, I mean, like, and look, like we live in weird times. <laughs> yeah. I realized like I, I spoke that out loud and I'm very yeah. unhappy with putting that evil yeah. out there into the world. Yeah, thanks for saying that. Aloud. I appreciate it. <laughs> but like, I, I mean, like we have to, like we have to be clear that, like we live in, like a, a, a town that has so many positive and so many things going, and so many people invested in it. That, like, yes, like there have been, like, there are obviously massive problems in this town. Yeah. But in the end, like, I think, like, the trajectory, like, still looks pretty darn good. No, you know, in a I, lot I, of I guess things. what I'm saying is, like, I don't even misinterpret it. When I'm saying change needs to be responsible, I'm not talking about saying that change is bad. I think change is good. I think growth is. Great. I want to see all of those things happen. Right. However, what getting into the logistical stuff that Jim, you've been talking about nonstop is like, okay, if we're going to grow, we have to put people to work. We have to put people into homes. We have to have people places for those vehicles to park. We have to have bike lanes for them to to ride on. We have to. I mean, just all that stuff. And I feel like sometimes, and you've been brought up yourself too. Like we basically kind of gave a few breweries that should have come to Charlottesville the boot. For stupid reasons, where like they could, they would have done all of those things don't, by coming in. You don't know? use my words against me. Yeah, uh, that's that. That's not fair. No, I mean, I think that it's. <laughs> yeah, I'm I mean, not using your words against you. I'm just I, I, like I'm saying, like when we when we talk about like, no change but, has to be responsible in the sense of like, yeah, we have to change, but we have to accept it because all the change is good. But we have to like be. We can't just do like part of the job. We got to do the whole job. We have to open our arms to it to a certain degree. You know, I, I think agree. that what we haven't done is we haven't said, you know, hey, you guys with, you know, 300 acres, we will help you get 125 acres ready, like a pad ready site to bring in X business. Yes. You know, we've said, you know, oh, you've got that acreage. Awesome. When the time comes, we will have that conversation. When the time comes, that's when the business wants to decide to come, not we want to come in and see what y'all think about it and then have a four-year process to discuss whether we're going to have the you know, alteration of the comp plan and, and do all these sorts of things. It's just, we want to buy a hundred acres and put a site there. Yeah. And as a community, we haven't come to terms with the fact that we're growing and we need to start incorporating that into our growth strategy. Uh, so my cha- my challenge is that we as a locality, one, don't work together as well as we should. City no. and the county need to be one unit. That needs to happen. Bringing, so you know. Are you talking like a port authority? Yeah. Something like that. I would like to nominate myself for commissioner of the you port know. authority. It sounds like a really cool job. Include UVA in that port. You know, have make sure UVA is in that port because they. Maybe. I don't know. It's my port authority, so I'm in charge. <laughs> Bart right. just closed UVA. We yeah. should move on from that. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I've already shut down UVA yeah, as they, part of the port authority's authority. <laughs> Don't edit that out. I'm keeping everything <laughs> that. 
we need, but we need to we we need to be cognizant that people want you know companies want to come here and and we need to be welcoming because change is a good thing for the yes, most part. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. You know, it, it's also it's not even like it, change. I don't even know if change deserves like a value judgment, like a, a good or a bad. Like it just change happens. is just going to like perpetually Period. continue. Period. It's going it's to happen, happen, and we're either going to be welcoming to it and, and help to shape that, or we're going to say piss off, we don't want you, and then we're going to be stagnant and we're going to die. Yeah. I think those are those are good uplifting. Yeah, I, you know, it's, it's an, for all you feel good listeners out there. It's a true statement. I mean, it, it, so I think that we're you know change is going to happen, and we just need to be aware of that that it's going to come, and it's, it's going to change how we live our lives and say la vie. But I think that the you know we go back to it, and what sucks about Charlottesville is that. Traffic sucks. It's going to. It, it can get better if we encourage people to use buses and bikes and pedestrians. If we grow appropriately, yeah. I mean, traffic in, in Twenty Nine North can get better if we have enough pedestrian access in Twenty Nine North. I mean, you're more you're more connected in this world and in these conversations than Bart and I certainly are. I mean, speak for lo- yourself. Well, I don't uh, know what you're about to say. This seems like an accurate assumption. <laughs> um, a lot of this kind of gets into like a little bit of an existential like identity crisis for the city. Like what kind of community and city do we want to be? Are we going to be a commuter? Like, are we going to be like, where LA is just a commuter city? Everyone drives everywhere. Mm-hmm. Or are we going to be more of a, a, a public transit kind of city? And I feel like this is a major, this is a major like existential crisis as weird as that sounds mm-hmm. to say for the city that like, we don't really know what we want to be. I think that's a fair statement. I mean, I think the city, again, I think the city needs to do everything that that they do with respect to transportation and urban planning and and human settlement patterns. They need to do that in conjunction with the county. Because the county, the city is is 10 square miles. Yeah. All they can do is go up. Right. That, that, that they have a, that's their space. They have 10 miles. Yeah. The county is like 750 square miles. Right. So they, they have a lot more flexibility with what they can do. Um, I think the city, in my vision, the city is a, a highly dense urbanized area and the county, in, you know, if money was no object, takes bike lanes and urban transit and, and you know, high, you know, uh, transit light, into the city. light rail, monorail, you know, I mean, I, but the, the port authority would like authority over the light rail. I want um, Conan O'Brien to come in here and write us a monorail so bad. It's there not you go. funny, but I mean, I think that's what the city needs to do. Bart's nodding yes for all you <laughs> listeners out there. You know, the city, I think the city and the county need to work together to have that growth strategy. Is that they need to define what they are. I mean, I was um, talking to someone a few months ago about the, the Apex building, which is a, you know, they do alternative energy. They're building, I think, a seven or eight story building downtown Charlottesville. And that's, you know, my, my statement was that it's the city is growing up. And we're having, you know, eight, nine story buildings. We're having, encouraging people to bike and walk to work. We're having, you know, higher density. More apartments, more townhouses, more stuff that's under a mile to X. So I think that the, you know, what sucks about Charlottesville, we still haven't defined what we want to be. And we yeah. is undefined as well. Yeah. I think that's like the quintessential crux of it. Yeah. We don't, we haven't defined who, what we're going to be. We'll get there. <laughs>